0: and welcome to the Decorum Talking newspaper for the week ending Saturday the 28th of January 2023. This is Janet and your other readers are Alan, Amanda and Brian. The editor this week is Kevin and our technician is Martin. This week is team three. Most of our news items are taken from the Hemel Hempstead, Berkhamsted, and Tring and Gazette and Express newspaper. All telephone numbers are on the local code of 01442, unless stated otherwise. This week's headlines are, rules needed for dog walkers, photo ID needed at May elections. These and other stories follow.
1: Hello, this is Alan. A woman calling for dog walkers to reduce the number of pets they take out at any one time after being surrounded by dogs in a field in Gatebridge. Deborah Taylor and her one-year-old accent, Mabel, were surrounded by dogs while out on a walk in Homewood off Galley Hill last year. Now she wants something to change after a dog walker was mauled to death in Surrey. But Nicky a dog walker from the area, has assured the public that walkers take precautions to ensure safety when out. She explained, My point is that dog workers do undertake risk assessments. We do get to know the dogs. We don't put dogs together in a pack that may start to work together. All of those things are addressed. She added, It's not just a question of oh, let's just pick up ten dogs and let them run round the field, that would be incredibly irresponsible. While there is no restriction on how many dogs a person may walk at a single time, the number of dogs running free is becoming an issue for Deborah, who says she cannot walk her pet until after 1pm. She explained there are seven to eight dogs on an average day, It doesn't seem to be more than two dog walkers over there at the same time, which means there's obviously about 14, 15, 16 dogs at any one time in the field. But, she reiterated, none of them has been aggressive, not one of them. A Decorum Borough Council spokesman said, we can investigate individual cases of nuisance dog walkers under the Antisocial Behaviour, Crime and Policing Act, and would encourage members of the public to report any concerns to animal welfare at decorum.gov.uk. Since the 10, 2020 lockdown, Deborah says there has been an increase in dog walkers using the fields next to Gaybridge Park. She said, I worry one will turn and they are like a pack, and your dog is not part of that pack, and that is why I avoid them more than anything. If I see them in the field, I just go to another one. The 44-year-old would like to see a change in the law and for dog walkers in the area to limit the number of dogs they take out. When asked what she would like the dog walkers to do, she said take a bit of responsibility for themselves with the numbers that they've got. But Nicky believes a law to limit the number of dogs allowed out at one time would be massively detrimental to dog walkers.
2: Hello, I'm Amanda. Photo ID for May elections. Voters will need to show photographic ID to vote in polling stations at this year's local elections. Decore Borough Council is urging people to make sure they are ready to vote in May by checking that they have an accepted form of ID. Accepted forms of ID include a UK, European Economic Area, EEA, or Commonwealth Passport, a UK, EEA, or Commonwealth Driving Licence, and some travel passes, like an older person's bus pass. People with expired IDs can still use them as long as they are recognisable from the photo. Those voting by postal vote do not need ID. Anyone who does not have one of the accepted forms of ID will be able to apply for free ID online at www.gov.uk forward slash apply hyphen for hyphen photo hyphen ID hyphen voter hyphen Authority hyphen certificate. The requirement to show photo ID at polling stations is a new requirement introduced by the Government Election Act. The law was passed last year and comes into effect for the first time in May. Director of Electoral Administration and Guidance, Ailsa Irvine, said. Anyone voting at a polling station in England this May will need to show photo ID before they can be given their ballot paper. It's important that everyone understands what types of ID they can use and how to apply for free ID if they need it. Claire Hamilton, Chief Executive and Returning Officer at DeCoran Borough Council said. With elections taking place in decorum on 4th of May 2023, it is important that those who want to vote make sure they have an accepted form of ID. It may seem early, but checking now means you will be ready to vote in May. She added, Residents who do not have one of the accepted forms of ID can apply for free ID, either online or by completing a paper application form and sending this to Decorum Borough Council's Electoral Services team. If you need any help with applying for the free ID or want to request an application form, contact the Electoral Services team on er at decorum.gov.uk or phone 228 000. People wanting to vote in elections must be registered to vote. This can be done in five minutes at www.gov.uk forward slash register hyphen to vote.
3: Hundreds of people were homeless in decorum on any given night in 2022, new estimates suggest. Shelter, a leading homelessness charity, has used government statistics, freedom of information requests and data from the membership charity Homeless Link to work out how many people are without a home in England. It estimates 502 people were homeless in decorum on any given night in 2022 including 205 children. This was equivalent to one in every 309 people in the area, the charity said. Around 494 homeless people in decorum were in temporary accommodation, while five were estimated to be sleeping rough. A further three were said to be homeless at home, meaning that they are legally homeless, but have not yet been provided with accommodation by the local authority and may be staying with friends or family. These figures do not include the various forms of hidden or unofficial homelessness, such as sofa surfing or overcrowded homes. Shelter chief executive Polly Neat said they were expecting a rise in homelessness in 2023. A cold doorway or a grotty hostel room is not a home, but this is reality for too many people today, she said. Our frontline advisors are working tirelessly to help people who are desperate to escape homelessness. From the parents doing all they can to provide some shred of a normal family life while stuck in an emergency b To the person terrified of another night sleeping rough. With private rents and living costs continuing to soar, thousands of people are not just facing a winter of worry. They're at risk of losing the roof over their head, she added. The estimates suggest around 2,400 people were sleeping rough across England, with a further 15,000 people in hostels or supported accommodation. Nearly 250,000 people, mainly families, were living in temporary accommodation. The overall figure is down slightly from the previous year. 274,000 were estimated to be homeless on any given night in 2021.
0: Continuing that story, despite a slight drop in the number of people in temporary accommodation compared to the year before, the use of temporary accommodation has risen by an alarming 74% over the last decade, Shelter said. The charity said this was due to a chronic shortage of social homes. Labour MP Paul Barker, Shadow Homelessness and Rough Sleeping Minister, said the figures were shameful. The Conservatives promised to prevent homelessness and end rough sleeping by the end of next year, but they are completely and utterly failing, with devastating consequences for thousands of families and children, she said. This tragic trend will only continue unless, unless the government sets an urgent grip on this crisis, Miss Barker added. A government spokeswoman said it had given £366 million to local authorities this year to help prevent evictions and provide temporary housing. Over half a million households have been prevented from becoming homeless since 2018 through the Homelessness Reduction Act. We are also providing significant support to help people through these tough times by holding down energy bills and delivering up to £1,350 in direct cash payments to millions of vulnerable households, they added.
1: A man from Hemel Hempstead and a Luton Construction Company have been prosecuted by the Borough Council for fly-tipping in rural areas of the borough. At a meeting at St Albans Magistrate Court on Wednesday, January 18th, JXI Construction Limited of New Bedford Road, Luton, pleaded guilty to the unauthorised deposit of controlled waste on Coles Lane in Flamstead. The court heard how in August of last year, a person driving a sign-written Mercedes Sprinter van was caught on cameras dumping waste, including cardboard, wood, and black bags. After finding the company, its director, after finding the company, its director failed to engage with officers by failing to respond to a legal notice requesting details of the driver and the vehicle involved. The company was fined £3,700 with costs of £2,561 and victim surge charges of £1,480. On the same day, Harris, dad of Woodwhite Way, Hemel Hempstead, pleaded guilty to fly-tipping, despite him initially de- denying the offence during an interview with the Council Environmental Enforcement Team.
2: Fly-tipping continued. Councillor Julie Banks said, In decorum, we continue to take a zero-tolerance approach to environmental crime, and in particular, fly-tipping. Our environmental enforcement officers work tirelessly to assess and visit every reported incident of fly-tipping in the borough to evidence the fly-tipping and investigate, where possible, who was responsible for dumping it and or where it has come from. She added, the team issue fixed penalty notices where possible or collect evidence for larger prosecutions if necessary. Decorum continues to be at the forefront in tackling waste crime in Hertfordshire.
3: Nine in ten formal allegations against Hertfordshire constabulary officers resulted in no misconduct action last year, new figures show. Police behaviour and misconduct processes have fallen under the spotlight once again after it emerged that serving Metropolitan Police Officer David Carrick, who admitted to a string of sexual offences and rapes spanning two decades, faced no misconduct action or criminal sanctions despite coming to the attention of the force on several occasions. The Home Office figures show 1,972 misconduct allegations were made against Hertfordshire Constabulary officers, and handled under the formal complaints process in the year to April 2022. Of these, 1,758, 89%, resulted in no legal action being required against the police officers involved. Just 12 allegations were referred to official misconduct proceedings, and 77 were referred to the reflective practice review process, when an officer's behaviour falls short of expectations but does not amount to misconduct. The figures cover the total number of allegations rather than the number of complaints. One complaint could contain several allegations of misconduct. They do not cover any complaints handled outside the formal process where it was felt a detailed inquiry was not needed. David Carrick pleaded guilty to 49 offences against at least a dozen women, including 24 counts of rape, over an 18-year period. He was only suspended in October 2021 after being arrested over a second rape complaint.
0: The Prime Minister's official spokesman said in reaction to Carrick's case that there is no place in police forces for officers who fall so seriously short of the acceptable standards of behaviour. Police forces must root out these officers to restore the public's trust, which has been shattered by high-profile events such as this, they added. The Home Office figures show that there were 94 allegations of conduct matter offences against Hertfordshire constabulary officers in 2021-22, to 22. those which are not the subject of a complaint and indicate that an officer may have committed a criminal offence or behaved in a way that would justify disciplinary proceedings. Of them, 16 were referred to official misconduct proceedings and 42 were referred to the reflective practice review process. No action was required in 36 cases. A further 59 recordable conduct matter allegations were made where it is alleged that an officer's conduct resulted in the death or serious injury of any person. A decision that no action was required was determined in 22 cases, while 20 were referred to misconduct proceedings and 16 were referred to the reflective practice review process. The Police Federation of England and Wales, which declined to comment on the case against David Carrick, said the vast majority of police officers provide the best service they can in challenging circumstances. The person added, police officers are responding to increased demands on their services and at times things can and do go wrong. The results from the police misconduct statistics show that only a very small percentage of police officers are dismissed from the service as a result of a complaint.
1: Nearly a quarter of officers plan to leave Hertfordshire Constabulary within two years or are actively looking for jobs elsewhere, new figures reveal. The Police Federation of England and Wales, PFEW, said police officers are reaching breaking point and leaving the service due to pay and work conditions. The PFEW's pay and morale survey, carried out in September and October last year, shows 23% of the 8824 officers in Hertfordshire who responded said they were planning to leave the service about 8% said they intended to resign from the force within the next 2 years 15% stated they are already looking for other employment altogether the rate is up from the previous survey in 2021 when 14 Percent of officers said they were planning to resign. Steve Hartshorn, PFEW National Chair, said police officers are reaching breaking point and are leaving the service in their droves as every every element of their pay and conditions has been gradually eroded in the space of a decade. Of Hertfordshire Constitucional, Constabulary officers who said they were planning to leave the job, the main reasons cited for leaving were their morale, 86%, their pay, 79%, and how police are treated by the government, 75%. A Home Office spokesman said the government remains on track to deliver its pledge to recruit 20,000 police officers by March of 2023. The overwhelming majority of new recruits recently surveyed report positive job satisfaction and want to remain officers for the rest of their working lives.
2: More than 6,000 Christmas trees were recycled for free across three Decorum Borough Council chipping points earlier this month. On January 8th, residents took their trees to Cupid Green Depot in Hempstead, Canal Canal Fields Car Park in Berkhamsted, and Tring Garden Centre. More than 200 bags of chippings were produced for residents while the remaining trees were recycled into compost. Councillor Graham Barrett said... I am delighted that so many decorum residents took advantage of the opportunity to recycle their Christmas trees. This is a terrific initiative that has the additional benefit of giving local charities the opportunity to raise funds. Any trees that are yet to be recycled can be taken to recycling centres in Eastman Way, Hempstead, or in North Bridge Road, Berkhamsted trees left at any of the borough's other recycling sites will be treated as fly-tipping.
3: Hemel Hempstead Rotary handed out donations to 25 local charities after raising more than £17,000 from the Rotary Santa sleigh in December. At a presentation of evening at Leverstock Green Cricket Club, the charities which assisted in the sleigh's donation collections were each presented with 350 pounds by the Mayor of Hemel Hempstead, Councillor John Birdie. Over the next few weeks, further donations will be made to around 20 smaller charities. The remainder of the Rotary share of the Slake collections will be used to fund youth projects and clubs for elderly people. Rotary Hemel Hempstead president, Rod Pesch, said we are very proud of the contribution made to the local community through the Santa sleigh, which has once again brought so much joy to young children during these difficult times. Thank you to everyone who has helped us.
0: A nursery in Tring has complained to education regulator Ofsted after being told to improve following an inspection. Little Crickets on London Road was rated as requires improvement across the board after an inspector visited the nursery in October. A spokesperson from Little Cricket's Day Nursery said, We don't concur with the ratings given by the Ofsted inspector as she did not provide robust evidence to substantiate her judgment at the time of our inspection. They explained, We are now going through the Ofsted complaints process. The safeguarding, welfare and development of our children and our team remain our primary focus. While parents highly commended the nursery for going over and above For their families, the report said staff caring for the youngest children do not have all the necessary skills required to teach children and support their learning and development. It continued, staff in the baby room do not use this knowledge to support babies with settling in. Therefore, the newest children take longer to settle and remain unsettled for longer periods of time than needed. Amy Wood's son was the child mentioned to have taken too long to settle. She said, I was flabbergasted when I read the report. He was on his third session when the inspector came round and I've never had a problem with Albie settling in. She added, it was obviously upsetting because you can tell the girls their love and care for the babies. I definitely didn't think it should have had an improvement rating at all and I have no issues with the nursery. I will still continue to recommend it. The report highlighted the good work done by the staff, explaining how the children have good relationships with the staff whom they look to for comfort. The report said, This demonstrates how safe and secure they feel in the nursery. Children behave well. But it added, The manager has a good understanding of what she would like the children to learn while they are at the setting. She has regular meetings with her staff team. However, she does not always check the staff's understanding of child development. Therefore, those who struggle to understand the next steps of the youngest children are not always supported sufficiently. Lauren Davies' son has been going to the nursery for a year. She said, as a mother, I don't mind if my child does something that's a little bit advanced. He's got an older sister, so he's going to do loads of stuff that's way above what he needs to do. Does it matter? No, it doesn't matter in my mind, it does not change the care of that child. Looking after them is my main concern.
1: Police have issued a warning. After a spate of distraction thefts, saw thieves target elderly shoppers in car parks in Decorum. Shoppers are urged to be on their guard in the supermarket car parks, after elderly people were targeted in recent thefts across the borough. There has been a spike in incidents, including one at Sainsbury's in Apsley and another at Berkhamsted's Waitrose. Now, signs warning people of distraction thefts will appear in car parks in Decorum. Sergeant James Watson from Decorum's safer neighbourhood explained... As they return to their cars, victims are distracted by someone suggesting they've left shopping in a trolley or dropped something. When they go to look, their purse or wallet is stolen. Unfortunately, these kinds of thefts often take place in car parks. Our shoppers are easy to distract and the fake scenarios used are easily believable. If you think you have been approached in a similar way, contact Hertfordshire Police by calling 101.
2: Bank branch closed. NatWest's Berkhamsted branch closed its doors for good this week. The High Street branch officially closed on January the 25th and is one of 43 permanently closing across the country. In a document detailing the reasons for closing the bank, NatWest said that the branch was used by 103 business customers on a regular basis in 2021, while it had just one personal customer use the bank regularly. According to the bank, counter-transactions for personal customers have decreased by 77% from January 2022 compared to the same month in 2019. For customers and businesses affected by the closure, the closest branch from Berkhamsted is now the NatWest in Hemel Hempstead at Nine Bank Court, nearly seven miles away.
3: Cherry Tree Bilingual Day Nursery and Preschool in Hemel Hempstead has been handed a requires improvement rating from Education Regulator Ofsted after being inspected last year. The nursery, at 15 horselers, was rated after its December inspection and had improved from its last visit where it was found to be inadequate. The report published last week said they, the staff, sometimes overlook opportunities to build on children's interests and extend their existing knowledge as they play. The key person system is not always effective. Occasionally, staff working with the youngest children are unable to confidently identify their key children. The nursery disputed Ofsted's findings. In response to the report's findings, a spokesperson for Cherry Tree Bilingual Day Nursery and Preschool said, Following our recent inspection, we would like to express that we are wholeheartedly working to help make each day a bit brighter for the children at our nursery, and we are very pleased with our current team of staff, who are working extremely hard, to further improve outcomes for our children. It is encouraging to see staff empowered and working together as a team to assist children to develop their full potential and to narrow the gap. They added, we are working and liaising with our early years consultant. We are good setting striving to provide our children with the very best and eager and keen to meet the challenges ahead and we'll do everything in our power to continue to raise attainment. There were positive found through the inspection, including support for children with special educational needs and disabilities. Staff explained that they are supported by the manager and all children received encouragement to develop their independence and sense of responsibility. While changes were made to improve the provision... From inadequate to requires improvement the report stated these initial improvements need to be sustained and further progress made to ensure children receive a consistently good standard of care and education children were found to be to have behave appropriately with staff supporting them to manage their behaviors but the report highlighted that weaknesses in the staff interactions meant that some children became disengaged in their learning and were less tolerant of others.
0: Hundreds fewer cancers were diagnosed in West Hertfordshire boroughs in 2020, figures show, a year which also saw a fall in the proportion found at an early stage. In the former NHS Hearts Valley's Clinical Commissioning Group area, there were 2,766 cancers diagnosed in 2020, 325 fewer than the year before, according to the latest figures from NHS Digital. The figures show that alongside a drop in the number of cancers diagnosed in West Hertfordshire boroughs, the proportion found at an early stage also fell. 52.6% of cancers with a valid stage were diagnosed early in 2020, down from 56% in 2019. John Shelton, head of cancer intelligence at Cancer Research UK, said the coronavirus pandemic caused huge disruption to cancer care, but added that a crisis facing cancer services was accelerated rather than caused by it. He said, we have been sounding the alarm on the importance of early diagnosis for years. Right now, the government is falling short of its manifesto promise of improving cancer outcomes in the UK and significantly improving cancers diagnosed at their earliest stage. We need Steve Barclay to step up and commit to a comprehensive and fully funded 10-year cancer plan which transforms our cancer services from world lagging to world leading. A spokesperson for the Department of Health and Social Care did not respond to the cancer diagnosis figures, but said the department is laser focused on tackling cancer waiting lists across England, adding that 160 community diagnostic centres are being rolled out in a bid to tackle the backlog caused by the pandemic. These one-stop shops have already delivered over 2.7 million life-saving tests, checks and scans, they added. We continue to do all we can to fight cancer, and we recently announced a new partnership with BioNTech to boost research into vaccines for cancer, with the potential to transform outcomes for cancer patients. In July 2022, clinical commissioning groups were replaced with integrated care boards across England.
1: And now uh, this week's obituaries: Sheila Joyce Bateman, aged 92, of Edifield Gardens. The funeral service is at St Mary's Church, High Street, Hemel, on Tuesday, the 31st of January at 10.45 Wendy Wendy Pamela Batty, formerly Ryan, sadly passed away on 21st December, aged 74. Funeral service is at Chiltern's Crematorium on the 8th of February at quarter past three. Ronald Frank Stevens passed away on the 8th of January age 89, funeral service on Monday 20th February at West Harts Crematorium at 11.40. Joan Vaughan of Levestock Green passed away on Thursday 5th January, aged 88. The funeral service at West Harts Crematorium South Chapel on Friday the 3rd of February at 11 a.m. Hello, our next reader is Cherry, who has replaced Amanda for the rest of this evening. Uh, She is joining us as a prospective new reader for the Decorum Talking newspaper.
4: Thank you, hello, I'm Cherry. Hello, I'm Cherry. Family announcement, Hannah and Adam, who are two of our regular Friday admin team that produce the USB pen drives each week and send the pouches out, have had a baby. Zoe was born on the 11th of January, weighing five pounds, two ounces. Congratulations to all the family. And we thank Hannah and Adam for all their hard work supporting DTN. They cover three of the five-week rotor for us, as well as Hannah keeping on top of all the admin for the Friday team.
3: What's on in the week ahead? Theatre. The Commitments. Aylesbury Waterside Theatre, January 30th to February 4th. The world's hardest working and most explosive soul band return in new stage production featuring more than 20 soul classics, performed live on stage. Visit ATGTickets.com forward slash Aylesbury to book. The Best Exotic Marigold Hotel, Milton Keynes Theatre, January 24th to 28th. Based on the Sunday Times bestseller, which inspired one of this century's most treasured films, The Best Exotic Marigold Hotel, takes audiences on a journey to India with an eclectic group of British retirees as they embark on a new life. The luxury residence is far from the opulence they were promised, but as their lives begin to intertwine, they are charmed in unexpected and life-changing ways. The show stars Haley Mills, Paul Nicholas and Rula Lenska. Visit hegtickets.com forward slash Milton Keynes to book.
0: Two more music items. The Johnny Cash Roadshow at the Grove Theatre in Dunstable on February 1st is endorsed by the Cash family. The Johnny Cash Roadshow has been delighting audiences for over 15 years, including sell-out shows in the UK, Europe and beyond. It's fronted by multi-award winning singer and songwriter Clive John. Visit GroveTheatre.co.uk to book. On February the 4th, at the Court Theatre in Tring, it's the George Harrison Project. The live music tribute to George Harrison celebrates his best-loved hits from The Beatles, his solo career and the travelling Wilburys. Alongside John Lennon, Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr, Harrison helped The Beatles become the best-selling music of all to act of all time. Years after the Beatles split up, Harrison formed the Travelling Wilburys, a supergroup featuring Bob Dylan, Jeff Lynne, Roy Orbison and Tom Petty. Harrison, who died in 2001, also enjoyed a successful solo career, releasing 12 studio albums. The show features songs including All Things Must Pass, While My Guitar Gently Weeps, Here Comes the Sun, Taxman, My Sweet Lord." and got my mind set on you. Visit courttheatre.co.uk to book.
1: The next one here is for families. Professor Slug's House of Bugs, Old Town Hall, Hemel Hempstead on February 4th. The interactive show is packed full of colourful puppets, catchy songs and educational info about the wonderful world of bugs. Visit oldtownhall.co.uk to book.
4: Films at the cinema this week. All popular films are provided to cinemas with an audio description track. Please mention your requirements at the time of booking. In the white-knuckle action movie Plane, Pilot Brody Tor- Torrance, Gerard Butler, saves his passengers from a lightning strike by making a risky landing on a war-torn island, only to find that surviving the landing was just the beginning. When most of the passengers are taken hostage by dangerous rebels, the only person Torrance can count on for help is Louis Gasper, Mike Coulter, an accused murderer who was being transported by the FBI. In order to rescue the passengers, Torrance will need Gaspar's help and will learn there's more to Gaspar than meets the the eye. Uh, The other film, The Fablemans, a deeply personal portrait of a 20th century American childhood. Steven Spielberg's The Fablemans is a cinematic memory of the forces and family that shaped the filmmaker's life and career a universal coming-of-age story about an isolated young man's pursuit of his dreams. The film is an exploration of love, artistic ambition, sacrifice and the moments of discovery that allow us to see the truth about ourselves and our parents with clarity and compassion.
3: Babylon. From Damien Chazelle, Babylon is an original epic set in 1920s Los Angeles, led by Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie and Diego Calva, with an ensemble cast including Jovan Adepo, Lee Jun Lee and Jean Smart. A tale of outsized ambition and outrageous excess, it traces the rise and fall of multiple characters during an era of unbridled decadence and depravity in early Hollywood. Empire of Light From Academy Award-winning director and writer Sam Mendes, Empire of Light is an intimate and moving story about love, friendship and connection, set in a coastal town in southern England against the social turmoil of the early 1980s. Hilary, Olivia Coleman, a woman with a difficult past and an uneasy present, is part of a makeshift family at the old Empire Cinema on the seafront. When Stephen, Michael Ward, is hired to work in the cinema, the two find an unlikely attraction and discover the healing power of movies, music and community.
0: Now for some out of hours volunteering. Studies show that the age groups most likely to volunteer are 16 to 25 year olds and over 65 year olds. This is because these age groups typically have more time to spare. People over the age of 25 but under the age of 65 generally find that their responsibilities increase with work and children taking up most of the day, leaving little room for other activities such as volunteering. It is only after retirement that people discover that they have time for volunteering again. However, people who cannot find time to volunteer are missing out on the amazing benefits of volunteering. By regularly dedicating just a couple of hours a week to volunteering, you can actually decrease your stress levels, learn new skills, meet new people and make new friends. The Volunteer Centre has a number of member organisations who are looking for people willing to offer a few hours a week in the evenings and weekends, giving you the opportunity to fit volunteering around your busy lives. You can volunteer as much or as little as you wish to fit around your regular day-to-day commitments. Some possible opportunities for people who can help in the evenings or on weekends include Hemel Hempstead Scouts needing volunteer leaders to help with their children's groups. There are various groups throughout the Decorum area that need help on different evenings. Several different local charities are looking for telephone befrienders. A benefit of telephone befriending is is that it can be very flexible and you can plan your volunteering to fit into your existing schedule. Local charity shops are always looking for people to volunteer at the weekends. These are examples of just some of the roles you can do. For more information about these or any other roles, please get in touch with the Volunteer Centre on 247 209 or by emailing... volunteering at communityactiondecorum.org.uk. You can also pop into the Volunteer Centre, the round building by Boots in Hemel Hempstead's Town Centre, which is open Monday to Friday, 10am to 3pm.
1: Tring Park School for the Performing Arts is offering a free Open Day to boys aged 10 to 16 on February the 17th attendees will uh, spend the day taking taste of classes and exploring life at the school they will have the opportunity to meet course directors and students who are already at the school the principal Stefan Anderson said we have been welcoming male students to the school for almost 30 years, but sadly research shows there are still so few boys studying the performing arts compared with their female peers now. He explained, We are delighted to offer a free session for them to come and see what is on offer at the school. We have modelled the session on the existing training uh, training format, so the attendees can get a real insight into what a day at Tring Park is like. The buzz and energy which runs through every part of the school is truly unique. Book at tringpark.com forward slash events hyphen shows forward slash. A couple accidentally
3: proposed to each other at the same time while on a romantic snowy getaway with matching rings. B Nichols, 29, defied tradition to get down on one knee in front of James Kavanagh, 28, while on a dog sledding holiday in Riga, Latvia. Little did she know, James was about to propose and responded by getting down on one knee too. B had already picked her engagement ring while antique shopping in London and ordered one for James to match hers days before the holiday. The pair were also coincidentally wearing near identical outfits. Bea and James went to the same primary school and were in the same running club and choir. They reconnected when they both moved home to Leverstock Green in Hemel Hempstead during the pandemic. They became good friends and started running together. And when restrictions lifted, romance blossomed between the pair, who made it official in January 2021. B, a plant scientist, said, It was such a romantic weekend. I booked for us to go dog sledding. It was really beautiful. We went for a walk through the forest. It was snowy and wintry and lovely. We went up an observation tower, and James had gone quiet. I thought they knew I was going to propose, but it turned out they wanted to.
0: James added, I didn't have an exact plan, but I'd spoken to Bee's friends about a plan I had. I originally was going to do it on a natural history tour, but then mentioned the holiday. They said to definitely do it on holiday. I had the ring on me and I was waiting for the right moment to propose. And when we got to the observation tower, I thought, this moment is really perfect. B said as she went up the steps, she thought about backing out because she was nervous about surrounding people. James, a PhD student, added, I'm a very easy crier. It was overwhelming and it was like all my emotions were trying to get through one door at once. It was really wonderful. I kind of figured she must have been proposing as it had been orchestrated to be so perfect. I was really unsure she took so long and I started dropping little hints to try and prompt her. James then returned the favour and proposed to B, as they had planned. A nearby wildlife photographer snapped the moment for the couple to cherish. B said, I must have looked at 500 rings until I found the perfect one, James has a period one too to match mine and it has a twisted edge that matches my band. The proposal just shows we're so in sync. People always say we're like the same person.
1: A motorcycle group from Decorum has been recognised by West Hearts Hospital's NHS Trust for its ongoing charity work. Since 2019, Decorum Motorcycle Riders DMR, has given gifts to patients and staff working at Watford Hospital at Christmas and at Easter as part of community rides around the borough. Now, RAISE, the charity for the Trust, has given DMR a certificate for its charitable efforts most recently for their work giving presents to people at the Watford General Hospital over Christmas. Organisers Gavin King and John Andrews were presented with the certificate by RAISE's fundraising officer, M. Lee Theobald, on Thursday, January 12th. John said, To be honest, I was a bit choked up with happiness. It's nice to get recognised for our charity work, which... We started in 2019. Gavin was chuffed as he and I do the planning side of
4: things that people don't see. Wildlife Hospital Support. This year, Tring Brewery is teaming up with Tiggy Winkles Wildlife Hospital to brew 12 monthly specials named after their favourite furry and feathered friends. Ticky Winkles Wildlife Hospital is the brewery's charity of choice for 2023. In return for the beer's namesake and imagery, Tring Brewer- Brewery will raise funds and awareness for Ticky Winkles throughout 2023. Founded in 1978, Ticky Winkles rescues and rehabilitates wildlife from the home counties and beyond. Jared Ward Communications at Tring Brewery said Tiki Winkles is the busiest wildlife hospital in the world, caring for vulnerable animals 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, alongside a dedicated visitor centre, providing education and insight to members of the public. Funds and awareness are vital to the local wildlife hospital, and Tringbury is thrilled to support their mission of rescuing and rehabilitating wildlife.
3: Life on Tap Blaise Tap and his take on the week I don't venture into the office very much these days and it's fair to say that I miss it much more than I ever thought I would. Although I occasionally put on a shirt just for the hell of it, the last time I wore a tie, Boris Johnson was confidently telling anybody who'd listen how he'd lead the Conservative Party to victory at the next general election. It was that long ago. As convenient as working from home is, I've grown weary of only having Ken Bruce, although not for much longer, and Jeremy Vine to keep me company during the day and long for human contact, even if much of the day in the office would be punctuated with the click-clack of keyboards and laboured weather chit-chat. Don't get me wrong. I'm not sure how I would feel about re-entering the rat race full-time and having to wear shoes on a daily basis rather than super warm old man's slippers will be a deal breaker. But I still feel like I'm missing out on a lot. Putting to one side the obvious benefits of working in a team and sharing ideas, even if most of them are doomed to failure, it's the individuals I miss, and I'm not sure how many people could say that about their colleagues three years ago, just before COVID-19 turned the world on its head. I've been extremely lucky enough to work with many fine folk over the years, and the best of them also happen to have been extremely talented bakers, which often made, even the worst of days, that little bit more enjoyable. Is there anything better than a roughly cut slice of Victoria sponge after a particularly difficult phone call, or a morning of mind-numbing back-to-back meetings? And don't get me started on carrot cake especially if it has come out of the oven the night before. The sight of a co-worker presenting their chums with a snazzy tin or giant plastic tub full of baked delights is guaranteed to put a spring in the step of the vast majority of under-pressure workers. However, is the age of office cake-sharing doomed? While I sincerely hope that this isn't the case, the intervention by a senior health expert last week means that the days of flapjacks by the photocopier or chocolate fudge cake in the IT suite could be numbered. When Professor Susan Jebb, who chairs the Food Standards Agency, said that bringing cake into the office should be seen as harmful to fellow workers as is passive smoking, it provoked an inevitable chorus of that's the nanny state for you across the country and not just from the usual suspects those who think that anybody who doesn't stand full attention whenever they see a union flag is a snowflake. While a very eminent professor did her best to explain her analogy, it didn't work very well because, as nearly everybody pointed out, you can always say no to a slice of cake, whereas in the days when people lit up indoors, it wasn't always your choice whether you inhaled second-hand smoke or not. I suppose the obvious answer... To the prof would be that smoking inside public places has been banned for more than 15 years now. Such were the health risks associated with lighting up indoors. While there is no chance of any self-respecting politician advocating criminalising the works of Mary Berry. It's almost certain that it won't be long before we hear the occasional tale of an overzealous HR department cautioning employees against displaying their affection to colleagues by sharing blueberry muffins. The best offices I have worked in have been the ones where the staff not only work as a team, but actually quite like each other. Cake and brews go a long way to cementing those relationships.
0: And now to sport. Swimming hard work pays off. A clutch of Berkhamstead SC youngsters took part in the opening weekend of the Hertfordshire County Championships at the venue in Boreham Wood. Saturday saw the first of six sessions to be held over three weekends. Berkhamstead's rep- representation was hit by illness and injury, but those who did compete made their mark. The first session saw three Berkhamstead girls in the mix, and they were 14-year-old Nell Costa and Katie Walters and Kate Hopper, both age 15. They all took part in the 100 metres butterfly heats with Costa 8th, Walters 6th and Hopper 4th in 1 minute 9.14, a personal best and a new club record. That saw her qualify for the 16 and over final and she swam 1 minute 10.10 to finish 6th. Hopper was also entered into the 200 hundred metres backstroke heats and smashed her personal best by 6 seconds to finish 3rd and qualify for the open final. In the final, she finished in 2 minutes 32.38, just 0.6 outside of her heat time. Hopper returned to the pool as the sole club representative in the 100 metres backstroke and she sliced three seconds off her personal best to finish second. Again, she qualified for the 16 and over final to finish fifth. On Sunday 17-year-old Fergus Reed represented Berkhamsted in the 50 metres backstroke and he clocked 30.39 just 0.2 seconds off his personal best. Sunday also saw the women's 100 metres freestyle and 200 metres breaststroke events. In her first county champs performance for the club, Lily Wellborn set a new 100 metre freestyle personal best. In the same heat, another debutante, Poppy Audrey, pipped her teammate to clock 1.0973. Audrey qualified in eighth for the 13 years final. An unwell Costa was two seconds off her best as she clocked 1.0934. In the fastest heat, the returning Hopper was looking to back up her great first day and she swam to squeeze into the 16 and over final of the freestyle. In the finals, Audrey was a shade outside her heat times as she finished 8th in 1.09.93 while Hopper came home 8th in 1.02.90. Hopper was also entered in the 200m breaststroke and finished fourth in her heat as she qualified for the open final. Hopper swam 2 minutes 56 50 to finish the final in
1: eighth. Karate. Hemel youngsters Daishith Bijou, and Naitik Bijou are celebrating after becoming black belts in karate. Darcyth is 17 and Naitik 12 and they showed their qualities at the Highfield Community Centre dojo in Hemel. They were being judged at the Sai Shinkai Shotokan Karate International's first grading of the year, and both passed their first Dan black belts. Their instructors, Sensei Michael Phipps, ninth Dan, and Sensei Paul Carvel, fifth Dan, stated that it was an excellent grading for two dedicated students. A statement read. They are both a credit to the club, the association and their family. They train twice weekly at the Highfield Club. Anyone interested in training at a club that's been operating in Hemel since 1977, whether adult or child, please ring Hemel 266
4: and ask for details. Rugby Union. Hemel Hempstead will be aim- aiming to maintain their title challenge in the London and South East Division Counties One Hearts/Middlesex table on Saturday. Hemel are currently second, just one point off leaders Grasshoppers, and on Saturday they travel to Rock Bottom. Enfield Ignatians Grasshoppers face a, trippy, a tricky trip to mid-table Finchley. Last Saturday's scheduled home date with Hampstead was postponed due to a frozen pitch. The previous weekend, Hemel were 29 to 27 winners at Old Streetonians, thanks to two tries from Allard Gamble and singles for James Norman and Gareth Jane. Jamie Hearn kicked a penalty and three conversions.
3: Football. Berkhamstead will be hoping to get their pitching-in Southern League Central Division title charge back into full swing on Saturday after suffering a third straight postponement. For the third time in eight days, the weather caused Berkhamsted's schedule clash to be called off and they now haven't played since thrashing FC Romania 6-1 on January the 7th. They remain seven points clear at the top thanks to second-place Biggleswade suffering a 4-1 loss at Sirencester on Saturday.
0: We have come to the end of this week's news. Sunrise and sunset times for this weekend are Sunrise 7.49, Sunset 16.39, giving 8 hours and 49 minutes of daylight. We currently have a waxing crescent moon. If you would like to give us any feedback or you have a news story or know of an event taking place soon that you think would be suitable for our listeners, please get in touch by email to secretary at dtnhemel.org.uk or call and leave a message on telephone number 927123. For those with access to the internet, our news is uploaded to our website soon after recording each week on Thursday evening. This can be found by visiting dtnhemel.org.uk. For those who are listening to this week's news via a memory stick, after the music there is the amenities section that gives details of various group and contact details of organisations. Until next time, it's goodbye from all of tonight's team.